scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. There was a triple header in the MACA tonight, uh, but the news uh, comes from down the south. The SEC all but shut down. Alabama and LSU uh, canceled due to LSU's constant exposure to the virus. It's the second game of the year that LSU has already had to shut down. Alabama and LSU are at a racetrack, all right? There's no more bye weeks uh, right now for these uh, football teams. They're going to try to figure out what to do a little bit uh, later on, uh, but we're arriving to the point of the year right now. Uh, when these teams probably aren't going to make it uh, through their season. Um, We've got a lot of chaos in the college football world uh, right now, specifically in uh, the SEC. Alabama and LSU aren't the only big-time teams in games that have to shut it down as the SEC sees Mississippi State and Auburn uh, get canceled. Texas A&M, who are actually in this playoff mix uh, right now, their game against Tennessee will be played on December the 12th. Uh, their championship game was slated for December the 19th. You see where I'm going uh, with this? Coronavirus is starting to take center stage in the sports world uh, right now. I know everybody's got uh, COVID fatigue, uh, yet the viruses don't get uh, tired. They just uh, keep on infecting. There's been 52 canceled college football games that have been scheduled, never mind all the chaos uh, leading into the year. 52 games since, since we've been playing. NFL, things aren't going better there. Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, of course, in the COVID uh, protocol. Uh, The National Football League getting very concerned uh, right now. There's a leaked memo uh, that came from the head office uh, today uh, that the National Football League actually is starting to really believe they might not play 16 games. They're putting contingency plans in place for playoff procedures. Who gets in? uh, Who's left out? National Hockey League breaking news. The rumors of an all-Canadian division look like it's going to be true. Looks like the NHL is going to set up a bunch of little mini hubs and play for like 10 to 12 uh, uh, days, maybe two weeks, play a bunch of games, then go back home, then go back out, and then do it again uh, after. Oh, yeah, and by the way, the NBA players are getting ready to report for training camp. Good luck. New York Knicks shut their practice facility down today. Steve Merrill steps up and in. The Twisted Tuesday. You know how we do it. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Oh, what's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Sports Rage, late night. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Steve Merrill will step up and in a little bit later on. We'll talk uh, college football craziness uh, with Steve, NFL. Uh, craziness on the horizon as well 
Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, uh, hit with coronavirus uh, this week. They could play. Like, Ben Roethlisberger could potentially uh, play uh, still, but they're not going to be practicing, and he's going to have to pass the test and all that. It's hard to even keep up uh, with the coronavirus. It is. Just hope that you don't get it, uh, because the cases are running rampant, and it's starting to catch up to the sports world uh, right now, uh, specifically the college uh, football world. And it's funny because people really don't care. Right. We see like the biggest name in college football has coronavirus has affected the season. You know, we can debate. And listen, the quarterback, the quarterback for Clemson played great. All right. So it's not as if, though, like to me, you know, the reason Clemson lost that football game wasn't Clemson's offense. It was Clemson's defense. Clemson's offense put points up on the board. Clemson's offense uh, did uh, what they had to do. They scored an overtime first. The defense just couldn't stop Notre Dame. So Trevor Lawrence doesn't play defense. Uh, but nevertheless, would Trevor Lawrence lost that game? I don't know, right? Um, you see college football, you know, people basically have an attitude of, well, just sort of, you know, doesn't matter, you'll be fine, go out there and play. Except as it is right now, Alabama's a big-time team, right? Alabama, the number one-ranked team in college of football. Now, they're not playing, and they're out of racetrack right now. They're out of racetrack. So now you're going to start to get into teams aren't going to be playing as many games, right? I tell you what, the playoff committee, they're going to have their hands full this year, except we all know how this is going to go down, right? They'll wait for the SEC if they have to. <laughs> like, they wouldn't wait for anyone else, but they'll wait for the SEC. It's going to be like the results of this election. Well, we'll just keep waiting because we don't like the result, right? Like, they're not like, what are they going to do, really? Like, as it is now, Basically, if Alabama doesn't play LSU, Alabama doesn't play LSU. Like, there's not really a plan to play this game, right? Like, basically, they're stating unless it affects the championship, right? Unless it affects the championship. So you get into this weird area right now where some teams aren't going to play a full schedule and even a, like a shorter schedule than they were even playing normally, right? So I've talked about this, why every game is so important right now. Like, if you win, like, if you're BYU right now, you're looking pretty good, even though you're still on the outside looking in, you've won. Only crazy things can happen now. Nothing good can happen to anybody above you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nothing good can happen to anybody above you. Like, look, now Alabama's not playing suddenly. Um, you know, Texas A&M's not playing, although A&M can make this game up because they haven't been screwed yet. They happen to have a bye week there. There's just a lot of craziness. Now, and then suddenly, Ohio State's in the mix. Ohio State's going to be in. They're going to run the table in the Big Ten. And now, they, you know, it's suddenly in the Pac-12. You got to take the Pac-12 seriously. Um, if, if somebody, if, if the Ducks go 7-0 and in the Pac-12, then how do they not get in, right? But the question is, what are they getting into? And it's funny because I hear these people talking about bowl games all the time, and I'm thinking bowl games? Bowl games? You guys can barely, like, field games every Saturday as it is right now. And the virus isn't getting any better, all right? All this talk about the vaccine and stuff. Are you getting a vaccine next month? No, right? You don't have access to it. It's going to go to like, you know, it's going to go to the vulnerable. It's going to go to the, you know, the frontline workers. It's going to do to, to all the do-gooders out there, all the do-gooders. Well, you selfish gamblers, you know, we get screwed, huh? Once again, once again, nobody's looking out for the gamblers. <laughs> frontline, ooh, the frontline workers are going to get it first. Uh, but you know, you know what I'm saying. 
like just because you hear about a vaccination now, like it, it's going to be a pretty rough, uh, it's going to be a rough winter coming up, guys. And whatever. I know there's a lot of deniers and it seems like a lot of deniers happen to be sport fans uh, as well. But man, there's nothing to deny. Like there's nothing to deny anymore. Facts are facts. Does Trevor Lawrence have coronavirus? Yes or no? Did Clemson just maybe have their season sabotage? Yes or no? Is Alabama playing LSU this week? Yes or no? Right? Like, so, oh, it's only Alabama. No, it doesn't affect anything. No, it's only the number one team in the country now that doesn't play one of their so-called toughest games. Even though, let's be real, let's be real, we will concede LSU blow anyways. So that's the thing. And this is where the competitive imbalance comes into play because the Florida Gators are having to play all the time. And now, now Alabama dodges a tough game. Like, there's going to be a lot of complaining, all right? Going to be a lot of complaining when it's all said and done. Uh, now, as far as the National Football League is concerned, the NFL, like, they're not stupid, all right? They're, they're arrogant, but they're not stupid. So the NFL had a meeting today, and, uh, you know, it got leaked. Uh, the memo got leaked, uh, basically, about everything that the NFL talked about today. And uh, they discussed, uh, basically, a contingency uh, plan. A contingency plan if teams don't play 16 games and what would happen, this whole 16-team playoff thing seems to still be up in the air. Um, like, it just goes to show, though, that, look, we're into week 10 right now in the National Football League, right? And the NFL is not sure they can play 16 games. Like, that's pretty crazy. Like We're talking about over the next six weeks, so... That, le that leads you to believe behind the scenes, the NFL is seeing a curve here that's not good, right? That they, it, except, you know, they've had more positive tests in the last like five days than they had, than they've had all year. And it's concerning them and they're seeing it. And, you know, we, all you need to know, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, you know, an undefeated football team. You know, we, uh, you know, the NBA is around the corner. College basketball is around the corner. They're, they're, College basketball is going to have serious problems. Serious problems. Yeah, like, these kids, they're not living in any bubble. They're not isolated. They're not pros. Like, even NFL guys have a lot to lose, right? Some of them are stupid still, but they still have a lot to lose. Like, you're making $4 million a year, you know, or even six or bigger money, whatever. I'm just saying if you're, you know, an average guy in the NFL, you're making three, four million a year. You don't want to screw around and get coronavirus. Right? Like you want to get paid, you want to get through the season, you just want to get paid. <laughs> so, and you're going to get paid well, coronavirus, but you know what I mean? You don't want to miss time, you want to get through everything, and you want to play. College kids are just exposed to it. There's nothing you can do. And it, it, it doesn't appear as though the coaches care. You know, look at LSU. LSU have had coronavirus all year. Like, dude, there's like, they had like 47 kids had coronavirus, 40 years started. And then they started the year, and basically it's just been an all year thing. Oh, well, you know, a couple of guys, oh, maybe. And like, as if. You guys just all have it. You've been playing. You know, tell the truth. Let's just be real here. And now it's catching up. Now it's catching up, right? You know, so I'm not telling you that there's not going to be a college football playoff because, it, man, North Korea could drop a bomb and they would play their college football playoff, all right? So nothing's going to stop a college football playoff, but is it going to play on schedule? Like, put it this way, like with the SEC right now, they can't have, like, any more cancellations. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
Like they're at a racetrack. Like Alan, there's no more room. Like they they have this December 12th and then December 19th is a championship. They want to stay on pace here for like the playoffs and everything. It's either they push everything back suddenly or we don't play a full schedule. And if teams play six games, then so be it. So then what? You're going to say, well, Alabama's 6-0, and so let's just put them in. And you have other teams going to say, dude, we're 9-0. and Like, really? You're going to put these guys in first? A lot of stuff to hit. We're going to hit this with Merrill, and this, this hockey stuff is crazy, too. Late night anger management class. This is Fortrade. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Bridge late night continues. I am a Gable Morenci throwing it down. A lot of stuff to get to uh, here tonight. Uh, yes, there were three games in the MAC, and yes, it's a miracle we managed uh, to win money uh, tonight in the MAC, and that's an accomplishment. Like honestly, like if you win 16 cents after you bet a bunch of MAC games, good for you. <laughs> good for you. I had six plays. There was three games. I ended up with six uh, six plays when it was all said and done. You know, a couple of first halves, this and that and whatever. We ended up going four and two. All right, so we'll take it and we'll move forward. Um, but the Ohio Bobcats should be ashamed of themselves struggling to beat an Akron Zip team that covered a point spread. That's more breaking news from the college football world. All right, a lot of stuff I want to get to with Steve Merrill. Do we have Steve? Is he ready to go? Steve Merrill. Wager talk. What's up, Gabe? What's up, Mr. Merrill? How you doing, Steve? Doing well, man. All right, uh, Steve. So I'm glad you're doing well right now because I was just talking about it. The uh, COVID case is really starting to spike uh, right now, obviously. You know, over 100,000 cases a day on a daily uh, basis. It's everywhere, too. It's not just America. I know it was a very politicized thing, uh, but it's everywhere. Like, it's, it's just coming back with a vengeance uh, right now. But at the same point in time, it's nothing that the scientists didn't warn us uh, that was going to happen. And there's always non-believers that I was just saying, Steve, a couple of minutes ago. Seems like in the sports world, there's a lot of non-believers with this stuff. But reality is starting to catch up. Big time chaos right now in college football, Steve. Alabama, number one ranked team, not playing against LSU. They're at a racetrack. They don't have room to reschedule this football game. Texas A&M is a big-time ranked team. They do have room to play on December the 12th. Uh, but COVID's coming on strong right now. A bunch of cancellations across the board with college football. Pittsburgh Steelers hit by this right now. Leaked memo by the NFL today. NFL had a conference call, and the memo was uh, CNBC got their hands on it, in which there's serious concerns. They have a contingency plan about not playing 16 games and, like, what would happen and just – what happens if, like, with the playoffs and how are we going to handle it? Who would get in? How would we handle tiebreakers? And, you know, we're already into week 10 right now. So 
seems to me like the NFL is very concerned about the next six weeks, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I keep saying everyone says, you know, listen to the science, and I've said all along, listen to the math. I mean, the math is what you got to look at, and we knew the numbers were going to increase because, I mean, first of all, they're testing more people, but it's going to spread exponentially, and that's what happens. We've had it now for six, seven months. Everybody's going to have it. Um, the one bright side you could say is that, it, you know, people say the, the virus isn't as strong now. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that obviously the weakest and the most vulnerable are going to be taken out first in April, May, and June, and that's what happened with nearly 80% yeah. of the first 200,000 deaths were over 65. You know, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, Trevor Lawrence, he's ready to come back. He said he had a slight headache and a little bit of a sinus infection. You know, the, these college football players aren't really getting sick from it, but they are testing positive. They have to sit out, and it's a problem because um, I don't think a lot of these guys are going to have long-term effects or get that sick, but they're not going to be able to play. It's amazing to me that the NFL has gotten as many games in as they have, Gabe. You know, a few weeks ago when they were playing these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday games, you and I both thought it was just going to get exponentially worse, and it hasn't. Um, the NBA also never got had a problem. Baseball looked like they weren't going to last more than two weeks, and they ended up having a successful season. Um, but it is hard to imagine that uh, football is not going to get hit hard here, and we're starting to see that with the SEC, which is basically uh, the NFL of college football, of course. Yeah, and I believe that the SEC is so powerful because they're saying now, because as it is now, fine. Alabama doesn't play LSU. It's not the end of the world. Uh, there's already some complaining about the competitive imbalance, et cetera, and well, there are going to be less games. Um, that, that's all fine. Uh, but um, if they have more problems moving forward, then that's when there's real issues, right? That's when there's real issues. So what are they going to do? If like, all right, now next week, there's more cancellations. And they're at a racetrack. Their championship game is on the 19th. The playoffs are set to start two weeks later, right? I, I believe, Steve, that the, the, it's not even the NCAA that runs the college football playoffs. So the college football committee, basically, the college football crew, you know they're going to have to start having a contingency plan about pushing this thing back a couple of weeks. You know, I don't know. Like I said, they, for everything to fall into place, Steve, they would have to not have anything major happen again. And do you really believe nothing major is going to happen again uh, over the next couple of weeks? I don't. So I, I'd have my doubts. And, and of course, everything comes back to betting for us. But holy crap, betting on a college football future to win a title right now, Steve. I tell you what, buddy, that's like picking the 2024 election winner right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've been you and I have both been pretty steady on that. We said there's really no value unless you want to take a long shot, I guess, because first of all, your money, as always, is tied up for several months. But now there's all this uncertainty with the, you know, if your team will even have a full season. So I haven't touched the futures in any sports for that reason. Um, I do think this helps Clemson, though, you know, because Clemson obviously took a blow this past week without Trevor Lawrence, even though that wasn't the reason they lost. They couldn't stop Notre Dame defensively. Um, but, you know, obviously that is a little bit of a reason the committee could let a one-loss Clemson team in and say, well, they didn't have the best player in the country in the game, even though they still put up 40 points in double OT or single OT when they got the 40. Um, I do think it helps Clemson, though. If the SEC has hit hard here, Wisconsin's yet to get a game in. That obviously hurts them. Um, I think Clemson is the team that really benefits from all of this right now, which is ironic because well, Trevor it. Lawrence had the COVID hit, you know, first. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is. It, well, it's almost better to get it out of the way. They did. It's good timing. Right. Wisconsin played that one game, Steve, and throttled Illinois and had been shut down. Right. So, like, that's what I'm saying. At the end of the year, what happens if, like, some teams are going to be pretty good and they might only be like four or five and oh or something, Steve? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that's 
And I know there's so much like, guys, uh, and I'm not trying to be the COVID Grim Reaper here today, but I'm just telling you, there's stories breaking of every league and every sort of like commission, like having their own little like issues right now. And that's another thing that they're talking about that the college football committee are talking about as we speak right now is Steve, like, what's the cutoff, bro? Right? Like, what's the cutoff? Is it five games? Is it six games? Is it just sort of Wisconsin? Sorry, you're screwed. Five games isn't enough. And it's funny because before, Steve, and now we're out of the West Coast, like the Pac-12 is really in this thing now, buddy. Because before, everyone's like, ah, you're too late. You guys are soft. You're too late. You're not that good anyways. You're not in the mix. It doesn't matter. And the Pac-12 went out of their way to say, well, not so fast. Wait and see. And we're going to schedule our, we're going to get our title game in time. So we're going to be, you guys can judge whether we deserve this or not. And and honestly, suddenly, if the Oregon Ducks go 7-0, that's pretty impressive, Steve. Right? That's a 7-0. BYU's 8-0 right now is yeah. looking damn good. Yeah. Yeah, BYU is the team I was going to mention, Gabe. We always think alike. Um, you know, BYU has been just throttling teams all season. And I really think it's setting up well for them. By the way, I'm not too worried about this playing itself out because unlike most of the other sports like pro baseball or basketball, you know, we have a playoff format. You have to play a certain amount of games. I mean, we have a committee. This is basically like a selection committee for the basketball. <laughs> I think, you know, they'll figure it out. They can put a 4-0 Ohio State team in if they think they're one of the four best. And I actually don't have a problem with that. I mean, you and I could probably name the four best teams a month from now, right. depending on how many games they did or didn't play. So it actually kind of works out better than it would have in years past. And the other thing, too, is I think there's no reason why they can't push things back a couple weeks to late December. I mean, first of all, it's exam period. It's in between semesters anyway. Nobody's going to school anyway this year. Um, so I don't really think that would be an issue. So I think it'll work itself out better in college. Now, see, the NFL is a different story because you do have a playoff format, and it's not fair if one team plays three less games than another one. You can't go to win percentage. You know, baseball – talked about win percentage when they're playing 50 55 games versus 60 not fair but it's more fair you know 13 games versus 16 games is what 20 percent of the season so you just can't do that in the nfl uh, and i don't want to harp on it but my buffalo bills have already been put in a bad spot so were the pittsburgh steelers <laughs> so are the steelers put in a bad spot due to the tennessee titans and look at the pittsburgh steelers now in the midst of an undefeated season but i guess I guess, like, I hate to say it. I don't know. Ben's not a college kid, though. But it's better that they get it now, right? Like, put it this way, guys. Like, if if you're Mahomes and you're Kansas City and stuff, like I said, you have to be a responsible adult, Steve. This is why college football is a problem, too. These kids are living together. They're around dorms. They're around each other all the time. Pro players aren't, Steve. You know what I'm saying? And they're thinking about themselves. They have a lot to lose. So... They're really not. They show up for practice. They get back in their car. They're going back home. These guys don't really see. They're not really hanging out together all that much. They don't really see each other all that much. The NFL's done a pretty good job, but you can't control players' families and just what they're exposed to in society. They're part of society. Uh, so, But they have to be careful. But college basketball is going to be a train wreck, Merrill. Come on, buddy. How the hell is college basketball going to pull this off? Yeah, I mean, you've got, what, 300 and some Division One teams potentially playing, so it's a big double Traveling around, amount of people. Yeah, buses, bro, right. come on. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the one, the, one, the one benefit, though, to basketball, as you know, Gabe, is you're talking about, like, 12 guys on the roster versus 70. So I guess in that regard, there might actually be less college basketball players than you have total football players. But um, it's some interesting stuff. They're talking about playing, you know, like, 
double home and homes in college. They're talking about doing that in the NBA yeah. as well, so there's less travel when they start up December 22nd. Um, I'll tell you what, though, you brought up a good point about the pro football teams, you know, because they have families as well, like you said, and really made me feel bad for Kevin Harvick. We haven't talked a lot of NASCAR, but, of course, the championship was last week. Harvick had been dominant all season. He missed the cut, of course, at the final Martinsville race. Chase Elliott won. Harvick's kid didn't go back to school this fall. They kept him at home just so Kevin wouldn't run the risk of getting contagious from his son being at school, and then he doesn't even make the championship four. So it's stuff like that that's kind of hard to hear. You know, really, lives are being changed at home just because these guys are pro athletes. Uh, Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com, uh, kicking it uh, with us on the Twisted Tuesday. A little bit later on, we'll get into um, the NHL situation, the NBA situation. Uh, but we'll crunch some numbers about the games that are actually still on the board. We got more Mac football on Wednesday. Uh, NFL, we can breaking it down. Twisted Tuesday, this is Fortress. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati. Not. Cincinnati. Day. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? Sports Rage Late Night continues. I'm Renzi. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. We're throwing it down. Steve Merrill, wager talk in the house. We'll get into some college uh, football here, the games that are actually being played. Um, but, uh, Steve, you strike me as somebody, actually, and um, I was talking with Cam, and I insulted Cam earlier in the day, but Cam is a pretty defensive guy. <laughs> to begin with, uh, but I, I was joking and I said, you know, Cam, uh, Jeopardy, there's a lot of talk about Jeopardy looking, you know, and he cut me off and he goes, oh yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good at Jeopardy. And I was going to kid with him about, you know, you should throw your name in the hat to be the new host of Jeopardy. It'd be, you know, Cam Stewart, it'd be fun. And I told him, I said, you're not good at Jeopardy. I said, there's, I don't believe you, you're good at Jeopardy. And then he, he started saying, you know, uh, there's you know, once in a while he gets on a roll and stuff like that, but I, I, I'm not good at Jeopardy myself either. Uh, if I fall ass backwards into a topic, uh, okay, fine. But as a, as a, as a, you know, in general, I'm not very good at uh, Jeopardy. But you strike me as someone that's watched Jeopardy and to be pretty good at it. Are you a Jeopardy fan at all? Um, no, you know, it's funny. I'm not very good at that stuff either. Um, and I think back to like my early 20s guys. I went to school with some really smart guys. There was two or three of them. If, if I, the three of them be in the room watching it, I watched it with them a couple times back in the nineties and like between the three of them, they didn't miss a single question the entire night. And each one of them probably could get like, you know, 70, 80% of them. And I was getting none, but I, you know, in the recent <laughs> years when that, when the uh, sports better was on last year or the year before I did start watching it just because of the intrigue of that. 
And I actually got a good amount. I got like half the questions in the first round. So either I've gotten smarter the last 20 years, which I should, because I've learned more every day, obviously, or my theory is that they actually, the show's gotten a little easier. So either way, I, but I did start getting more questions right recently, but I never watched it in the past because I was never any damn good at it. I usually pretty good when they have a sports category. You and I probably did pretty well in that one. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I'll take bad beats for 200. I'm actually pretty good, Steve, (laughs) at like pop culture. And like, I actually do know a lot of dumb things. Like, I'm pretty good at game shows. And you know what I'm terrible at? I'm terrible at the Wheel of Fortune, though. I hate that show. I am too. I'm awful at that game. And I'm awful at Boggle and Scrabble and all those games. Yeah. I'm like, get it over with. What is it? What does it say? And then after, I'm like, oh, yeah. God, that was easy. I'm like, oh, I yep. should have known that. I've never liked Wheel of Fortune. But, Steve, it's crazy. Like, remember the TV show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? It was, real. It was, it was yep. like, real popular. Regis Philbin, and they had the intense music. Dun, dun, dun. It was like. You'd be one of my lifelines, Gabe. I might actually I appreciate you, seriously. Because you're, you're you and I are very diverse. So we'd both be good lifelines for people in numerous so, avenues. And it's funny, Steve, because I did well on that show, too. Like, for, like, the big money questions and stuff, the hardest ones for me, they'd be like, Jack and Jill went up a hill. How does it end? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Jill came down with $2. Oh. I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, exactly. How the hell am I supposed to know what happened? Like, I would never know, Steve, like, the the easiest, all right, for $100. (laughs) I'd be like, I have no idea, man. Like, name this character in Harry Potter. I'd be like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. But if there's like 400K on the line, they're like, what planet aligns with? I'd be like, Jupiter, Jupiter, come on, man. Like, I'd jump in. But like everything in today's world, Steve, um, there's odds for it. I knew there would be. And there's odds for who's going to replace Alex Trebek as um, as the new host of Jeopardy. Uh, just, just for the record, uh, this is the same international market, so to speak. International market, same as the election. Only. Entertainment purposes only, uh, but they exist. Okay, we're just, we're just letting you know uh, they are out there. So Alex Faust is actually the favorite, a plus 200. Alex Faust, um, he is the uh, Los Angeles Kings play-by-play host, which is kind of a weird, wow. yeah, it's a weird deal. So he lives in Los Angeles. Uh, Alex Trebek was Canadian, big hockey fan. And Alex Trebek actually suggested him and said he thinks that he would be good uh, added. But for the record, Alex Trebek did not have a say in the matter, and he didn't want to. Uh, this one's surprising. Speaking of the election, George Stephanopoulos is a big frontrunner, bro. Uh, plus 250. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah that you know, smart guy, witty guy, right? You know, George Stephanopoulos, and he wants the job. You know, the election's done. He's been in politics before. He's worked at the White House. He's been a big TV guy. You know, Jeopardy would be a nice cushy gig for him. He's a smart guy, too. I mean, he's not funny enough, though, to me. He's just too too arrogant, smart. So he's he's a second choice. Anderson Cooper's in the mix, supposedly. He's good, yeah. but it's almost overexposure with Anderson, isn't it, Steve? Like people get turned off. Like to be, and it would be, almost be like, oh, he's on CNN. He's too political. Cooper's not yeah, that'd the be right. A terrible choice. decision. Yeah, terrible decision. Like he, he's too polarizing. He's he's made himself too polarizing. Um. So, yeah, Stephanopoulos isn't polarizing, at least. He's boring, but he's not polarizing. Not as much. Yeah, not as much <laughs> yeah. as he used to be. He, he's, yeah. Uh, 
the guy I think that you got to be, you know, it, Gabe, you got to be careful with that because I mean, you're going to alienate fifty yeah. percent of your audience base if you get anybody's political at all. I mean, you just are by default. There again, that's just math, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I would stay away that's from a concern. Exactly. People would say, yeah, oh, I'd you probably stay for, away from Stephanopoulos for, for the same reason. Yeah, you work for Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh, what's that? Everything's politics now. Oh, why is he on? Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think personally, but it, I don't know. Like, because I don't know if you go with a star, do you go with like, you know what I mean? It's a tough thing. They, they have a tough decision to make. But it seems to me, and from what I've been reading, Chris, uh, uh, Ken Jennings, uh, the guy that uh, the guy that won all the time. Jennings, yeah, that's the greatest Stephanie like player that. ever. Yeah, and supposedly yeah. they've been grooming him. Trebek likes him. Um, he won 46 episodes in a row. He's written numerous books on trivia. The Jeopardy fan base love him. They don't like the sports better smart mouth guy. They like Jennings, right? Oh, I and agree. I, yeah, I like I that. I didn't know this. I didn't know this, but I guess Jennings' Twitter account is like a hot follow. Like, he's funny and he's witty and stuff. Like... You know, he's not a TV star, but he is Jeopardy, bro. And, dude, I didn't realize this either till now when I did some research on this. He's an executive consultant producer of the show now, Steve. Like, supposedly behind the scenes, he's the guy. Like, unless they what throw a curveball. Three to one, plus 300. Uh, he's the third yeah, I like choice. It. We're going to do a red, we're going to do a Ken Jennings Red Tails parlay. <laughs> Jennings? <laughs> and the Red Tails name of the Washington football team. Laura Coates, actually, CNN legal analyst, as Alex Trebek um, suggested her. And supposedly they like her a lot. She's a very smart woman. She's like she's a former like attorney general or like state prosecutor in Georgia or something like that. But I don't know. She, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like she's got a serious XM show. Uh, she's a professor of George Washington law. She's smart and stuff, but it doesn't seem to fit. Dan Patrick, seven to one. Dan Patrick would That's be not good. Bad. Yeah, he yeah, would be Dan, good, actually. That's interesting. Dan Patrick, 7 to 1. Will Farrell, 10 to 1. Will Farrell. Uh, <laughs> great. Yeah, Will Farrell. But, you know. The, I'll take the rapist for 200. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. The SNL skits were the best. They were Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> the Jeopardy stuff he was played Trebek on SNL. That would be they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that seriously. I mean, it just would no, be no, too no, damn no. funny. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> I did. I did a Trebek. <laughs> yeah, your mother. <laughs> no, I can't remember Will Ferrell's comebacks, answer. but he's like all straight faced yeah. the whole time. He's like, yeah. "That is not my oh. mother." Yeah, oh, that that's is great. not the correct I'm answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the way I gave it to your mother. He'd smile and look at the other <laughs> guests. Yeah. No, you did not. It like, it's too good. But I threw out, you know who would be good at it, Steve? It's my idea is a casting agent. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Serious, funny guy. It's too serious of a guy. show, though. It's just, yeah. You can't have like a Drew Carey. Like Drew Carey's done surprisingly well in The Price is Right because Barker was impossible to replace also. And I'll yeah, be honest, yeah. I think I've always liked Drew Carey. I met him in person in Vegas once. I've always liked him because he was nice when I met him. But um, he's a down-to-earth <laughs> guy. He's done very well in The Price is Right. But Ken Jennings is a slam dunk. Uh, I hadn't heard any of those names until you mentioned it. It's funny, last night, Gabe, I was like thinking when they were talking about Trebek because I was thinking, first of all, I need to get that gig. But then I was thinking I wouldn't be good at it. 
Um, but I was thinking, honestly, like, who will they replace him with? He's impossible to replace, but Jennings makes so much sense. Jennings the guy. And, He's the um, guy. Yeah, and then all the things you just said makes even more sense. I didn't know about, you know, being a producer, them grooming him and everything. But, yeah, and he's he's known within that community. He's not polarizing, first of all, which is my number one criteria nowadays that eliminates half these people. <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, Bang yeah. it. Bang There's... it to the moon. Jennings and the Red Tails. Parlay it. Yeah, Sean Hannity's not on the list to take over, Steve. <laughs> I mean, just you're automatically getting rid of 50% of your viewers if you do that. I mean, Trebek was the ultimate middleman. Like, nobody hated him. How could you hate Trebek? Yeah. Plus, he did, like, humanitarian work, and he was Canadian. I mean, you can't really hit any, any – there's really no Canadians I've ever met that I don't like. So, I mean, you know. He stuck out of politics, Trebek, too, right? He never, like – somebody's host or crazy and, like, conspiracy theorist and all that. And then it, I don't work. Like, you don't work because you're a nut job, bro. It's not because of this, right? Like, Trebek, like you said, well, the, Trebek yeah. just, he just did his thing. Class act, Trebek, like you said. Just a, a, a classy uh, a classy guy. But you know who would be a good fit, too? But, you know, I don't think you need a celebrity. Jennings is the guy, but he would be good at it is Neil Patrick Harris. He'd be a good fit for He that. would be. He's yeah, likable he'd actually, that's and smart, an call. not arrogant. You know what I mean? Funny, you know, he can smile and laugh. He'd know the answers, like... He'd be good at it, you know? He'd be very good. I could actually see that. He'd actually probably be better than Jennings, to be honest with you. That might be my – you might be changing my parlay. I like that pick, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he on the but odds? You, but no. But you know what? You know what? Whatever happens, you talk about polarizing. Everything is. You know people are going to bitch. Should have been a woman. Should have been a Chinese dude. Should have been an Asian. Should have been a black chick. Should have been a – you know what I mean? Like, like people are – and no matter who it is, people are going to get mad after. Oh, I hate this choice. Ken Jennings is the perfect Although, choice. Gabe, he is he is Jeopardy. He is Jeopardy. You, you pro- I was going to say, you probably get some of the wacko college professors watching that are out there. But in general, it's a more intelligent audience base probably. So you might not get all the degenerates that complain about everything. So who knows? That's it true. might be one of the easier <laughs> gigs to fill for that reason. <laughs> all right. We got a couple of more minutes with Steve. Fun time here. We'll squeeze in some college football on the other side. We promise. Uh, with uh, Steve Merrill. We got some Mac uh, on the board. Like I said, we escaped. We ended up uh, going four and two uh, this week. We got Ball State and Eastern Michigan uh, throwing it down. Ball State laying eight and a half against Eastern Michigan. Yeah, feels might, like, might, might be a little bit high here. Uh, Central Michigan and Northern Illinois. Uh, Central Michigan, seven and a half point road favorites at Northern Illinois. And the one real game we have tomorrow, Steve, Toledo and Western Michigan. Uh, Paul Bovey was on with us uh, earlier. And, um, you know, he liked the over this game, and it's coming down, actually. It was 59, 59 and a half earlier in the week, uh, sitting at 57 and a half uh, right now. What do you think about uh, the Mac card tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the second week here. I think we'll see some big differences from week one. Uh, you look at, like, Central Michigan, a team last week, who um, got off to the narrow win against Ohio. Then Ohio doesn't look as great out of the gate. By the way, I had them tonight, Gabe, as well. Um, so I think we have to be careful reading too much into last week's results. But I think that Central Michigan game could have some points. Um, both teams moved the ball pretty well last week. All right, more we'll wrap up with Steve Merrill on the other side. Late night anger match. Last continue. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Portrait's late night continues. A couple of more minutes uh, with Steve Merrill. Ultra fast uh, level one tonight. Quickest 120 minutes in sports uh, talk radio as always. Uh, so, Steve, um, everyone that we've had on the show uh, this week, everyone that we talked to, have all agreed with the line moves of the games. And it's pretty much gone the opposite direction of what I liked. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't really deter me too much. But specifically the Indianapolis-Tennessee game on Thursday night. It was two and a half down to one and a half right now. And everyone I've talked to, everyone likes the Colts in this game, have the reasons why the number has come down the way that it has. I look at it in the sense of you got a, you got a better, t- better team, better record. Um, you got a team playing at home um, as well. I got a better running back. I got a better quarterback. Um, you know, I could go on here. I'm I, I'm not high on the Colts. I know the Colts' run defense is very good, and that could nullify blah 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 Derrick Henry and stuff. But I'm not buying it, Steve. I don't I don't understand the love for the Colts. What's your take on this game? Yeah, keep in mind, Gabe. Last Sunday, heavy sharp money on the Colts as they went from a one and a half point underdog to a one point favorite against the Ravens. I was on Baltimore as a best bet for my clients, and yeah, they the lost by fourteen. So. <laughs> exactly. And they were never really in the game either. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into the Colts money move because it was dead wrong last Sunday. And now they have to turn around and play that dreaded Thursday night road game with just three days rest and having to travel. Um, it's an angle that has not worked good over the last few years. And we have a pretty good sample size now. So, yeah, I could see some reasons to back Tennessee in this one and don't quite understand. I mean, Colts were a really good team last year and, you know, they are still having a decent season this year. But like you said, um, Run defense has been their strength. Otherwise, they've been pretty mediocre everywhere else. What do you make of the Dolphin point spread at two and a half? They've won four games in a row right now. Uh, They're hosting the Chargers. We've got 30 seconds here, Steve. All the Chargers do is lose every week, and they get respect from the odds maker. Last week against the Raiders, this week against the Dolphins. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind, this is a 4 o'clock Eastern start, so it will be a late afternoon start. That probably benefits the Chargers a little bit here in Miami on the East Coast. Um, Dolphins are quietly having a good season, but I think the Chargers remain a little bit of an underrated team at 2-6. and six. I'll tell you what, Dolphins are on fire right now. Bills, uh, Bills better not uh, take the pedal off the metal late night anger management class. Kick, kick. 